Good evening. And welcome, my friends. <laughs> it is 12.30 in the morning? Night? It's 12.30. And I can't sleep. So what? Uh, why not do a podcast? What better way to shut down your mind than speak about what's on your mind, right? I say write a lot because <clears throat> I think that you guys are all listening attentively to me. So anyways, welcome Mindfulness and Spiritual Healing I am the Jackal. If you listen to episode one, you know why I call myself the Jackal. I'm not going to really use real names. Anywho, it has been a very challenging week this week. Uh, High school coming up next month. So does my son. So does my wife. And I'm going to the University of Southern California in their Master's of Social Work program. And I guess I'm not stressed about it. I consider myself a pretty good student, but I'm more or less anxious to get it going already, you know? Like, I. I applied back in like April for this program and I'm just ready to get it going <clears throat> you know what I mean I guess the anticipation anxiety it was like it's like when I was waiting to to leave for basic training you know I enlisted in Jan- July June no July July 7th that's right <laughs> in July and I shipped out in October that was a long wait but I guess I I obviously managed so not only have all the pressures of that going on but out of nowhere my wife decided my wife's appendix 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 anyways she or appendix decided to I feel like that's wrong appendix appendicitis that sounds right right anyway <laughs> it's her body decided that it no longer wanted that organ so she killed over in pain and next thing you know bada bing bada boom we're in the emergency room and she's about to go in for surgery. So she's still in the hospital. If you're protection of uh, infection. And I can't be with her because I am at risk of getting communicable diseases like COVID 19 and all other sorts of stuff that is in the hospital. <clears throat> so, 
I am without my best friend. Who else do I have to annoy? No one. So it's probably why I am laying in bed doing a podcast at 12.30 in the morning. Instead of sleeping. So I could probably... you know do as I preach and my neighbors are doing like karate next door or something or they're building a bookshelf can't really tell all I hear is a lot of banging and uh, for some reason they don't sleep over there either so I always thought I thought Always, I thought that the, the second episode would be a good way to start to talk about the name of the show, right? And the name of the show is Mindfulness and Spiritual Healing. And I can kind of explain why I chose that. Mindfulness, to me... Um, it's a huge thing in in the military or at least in the army. They it's part of resiliency training, you know. If you don't know, you're gonna know. But <laughs> resiliency, being resilient, right? The uh, uh, world takes a crap on you, and you're able to bounce back over and over again. And I would consider the being resilient is one of my strong suits because I have been dealt the worst hands life can sometimes offer and I don't I just keep on keeping on you know life's a garden you gotta dig it (laughs) that's lame my audience is not going to know what that meant. It's from a movie, by the way. I quote movies all the time. My wife doesn't even know what's going on half the time. <clears throat> Back to the topic before I get on rants. So, why did I pick spiritual healing? Uh, because I believe that's a very important part of moving past traumatic events whether it be abuse or neglect or trauma, any kind of trauma, you you name it. There's a spiritual element to it. We're all spiritual beings. Whether you believe in it or not, it's a a thing. So I decided, you know, well, also... I decided that someday I would like to own my own practice, helping others in a therapeutic sense. And I don't, I don't know, like clinical sounds like clinical social order. That's what I'm going to become, or you know, working towards. <clears throat> when you throw clinical in there, it just sounds so clinical right <laughs> like it uh, B 
behavioral health. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> Why did they use that? Right? Mental health. Right? Yeah, mental mental health makes sense. A behavioral health. Are you saying we have abnormal behaviors? What is healthy behavior? I don't know. It's a military term for seeking therapy. <clears throat> so today, I will, or tonight, whatever, I want to talk about mindfulness. And to me, mindfulness is being mindful of yourself of your emotions so I'll give you an example it's waiting in the ER Um, by the way let me set the let me set the scenario here a little bit okay so wife gets sick it's I mean, I go to bed at 11.30 that night. She wakes me up at 1.30 in the morning and says, hey, um, talk to a nurse and she thinks I should go to the ER. Uh, it might be appendicitis. I was like, oh, God, okay, all right. So I woke up and drove her to the hospital. But once we get to the hospital, you realize that in the middle of the night, it's not sometimes the best people in the world are in the hospital. Some some of them are just looking for a place to be that's not on the side of a road, whatever it may be. So finally waiting for so long to get to triage and all this crap and get back to and she's in a lot of pain and I just I worry more about her than myself and I'm in a lot of pain and we go into this staging area because of COVID so that they have like it's different than what I ever saw in a ER before and this guy, I don't know, seemed to be older than me. Definitely smaller than me, but he just starts staring at me. Just won't take his eyes off me. And I don't like being stared at. Um, it, I find it disrespectful. I just also... You know, it's blatantly obvious that I'm disabled. I use arm crutches. So I don't like being... I'm already self-conscious about that. So I don't like being... I don't like being stared at. And so this guy decides that he wants to keep staring at me. So I, you know, I look up. I look at him. I give him a look like, stop looking at me. Look back down at my phone. Look up again. He's still staring at me. Finally, <laughs> I asked him, "You got a staring problem?" <laughs> Seriously, that's what I said. You got a staring problem, man? 
And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, there's obscenities. And I was like, I'm not in the mood. I will stomp you. Stop staring at me. And the guy was like, oh, you're crazy. Blah, 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 blah. And then I look away. Because I'm starting to get irritated to the point where I will stop this guy. And then he proceeds to apologize after he cursed me out. So, oh, I'm sorry if I was staring at you. So, the guy ended up leaving and I didn't see him again that night. <clears throat> Could I have handled that situation better? Absolutely. Because um, anytime you never know, you know, when you get into a confrontation like that, you never know where it could lead, right? You never know what you should at least know that you never know what some uh, another person is capable of doing. The person you're confronting could be a 19th degree black belt in jiu-jitsu and he's going to snap your arm in about 30 seconds. Or he could have a weapon and you have nothing. So I always live by the rule of thumb that it's kind of wise to just not go looking for trouble. But... There are certain situations that I can't just sit there and take it from anybody, I guess. And, uh, oh, maybe the guy was intimidated by me or scared by, of me. That's why he apologized. I, I outsized him like four to one, but sizes and everything, you know, sometimes bigger dudes fall harder. But I'm not necessarily one that can't take a punch or, or shies away from from uh, confrontation. So if I had that situation to do over again, I probably would have just said, can you please stop staring at me? Or, you know, literally just blow the guy off and that's where I think mindfulness comes in right I wasn't in tune with my own emotions I was tired I was in a lot of physical pain and I was stressed because all of a sudden my wife is now facing you know she's increasingly in more pain and no idea what's going on Everybody's taking forever. So all these things start compounding and start swirling in my head. And it leads to signs of aggression. Which has gotten me in trouble at the VA many times. Especially with them. I tell them how it is. How I think it is. How messed up they are. But sometimes you have, we have to realize... That a person within an organization 
is not the organization, right? So, like, unless they blatantly mess up something of yours or something, like, like the person who cooks your meal at McDonald's actually messes up, I mean, you could you could confront them for that, but, you know, me being mad, mean or disrespectful towards a worker at the VA um, just because isn't right, even though I know the VA as an organization is horrible, disorganized, lacks empathy, care, like all the above, just the worst organ, like the worst in the the DMV. That's pretty bad, right? If you if you want to know what socialized medicine is like, you go you go get your health care at the VA because they don't. You're just a sheep, just a number. They don't care about you. On to the next. How many people can they cram in one day? So, in the situation of anger, frustration, physical pain, I I should have handled it a lot better. You know, I. That guy could have been a nice guy. I don't know. He, he didn't look like a nice guy. He had this weird look, and I could I mean, we're all wearing masks, too. So all I could see was his eyes, but I didn't like the way his eyes looked. And I didn't get a good vibe from him. Walking in the room, I would would say that I'm a good judge of energy in a, in a person. Negative and positive energy. And I didn't get the greatest vibe that he had some positive energy going on there, but who am I to judge, right? <laughs> I don't have positive energy. So there are some there are some articles out there. Tons of articles actually. There's this year alone, <laughs> just <laughs> some of these articles are like, duh, like, come on, man, really? You're gonna write, you're gonna take the time and write a, a research article on something that's so duh. Look what my son says, duh. It's like, come on, man, waste of resources. Like this one. Mindfulness and the challenges of working from home in times of crisis. Many employees unexpectedly, unexpectedly, sorry, were required to work from home during the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020. With the abrupt change came the change of blurred lines between career and personal life. No Oh my god. No, yeah, duh. Right? Duh. <clears throat> Any person 
in any career field goes from working in an office or working, you know, on a project or you're an architect and you work in your own office building and then you go to your home where you're comfortable and you don't have to wear work clothes and you can literally wake up two minutes before you have to be on the clock and daycares are shut down so the kids are at home your wife's at home and you don't have a personal space set up for this of course it's gonna cause stress anxiety like oh duh dude the problem is people weren't ready for it and rightfully so it's an emergency situation people had to stay safe and so they stayed home from work it would work from home there's no way to prevent the kinds of stress and according to this article lack of um, what was it actually productivity decreased productivity so workers weren't as productive because they were allowed to be home Do you have to write an article to know that uh, even from a managerial perspective, do you have to, do you need someone higher with higher education than you to tell you that you need to kind of tread lightly in this situation? I mean, at least your employees are still getting some kind of work done. Everybody should understand that things are going to slow down. I mean, unless you're first responders or whatever, <clears throat> you gotta you gotta roll the punches. Uh, I, <clears throat> God, I'm so sorry about the weird sounds. So, kind of remember one huge one was with the kind of the crash in 2008. With the housing market and I don't think it was stock market, but who cares about the stock market? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I just remember a lot of people lost their jobs, lost their houses, and it was very scary times for the for you know for a lot of people because they weren't making as much money as they used to, or you know, all of a sudden they're. The house they bought last year for 500k just deflated to 300,000 and their interest only loans are due all that interest and their mortgage went from 300 or 3,000 to 6,000 a month like it was a terrible situation for all of them and uh, all the people involved and I remember working in the automotive industry and people just would not get their cars worked on. Like, they would just... 
unless it's smoking or blowing up, people would still drive it, even if preventative or the tire has a nail in it. Okay, I'll just keep adding air. Oh, what? So you can't afford a, a, to repair the tire. <laughs> just, just insane stuff that I witnessed, you know? Slowly it recovered. So I guess the moral of that story is resiliency, you know? But this article wants to teach people how to use mindfulness te- mindful tech mindfulness techniques to remain productive at home and and juggle life and and work at the same time you can't do it and i mean that's just demanding perfection and then when you miss it you you're chastising yourself it's just it's not good <clears throat> They should have come up with better protocols for working at home, right? But they did, they did the best they could. So, and a little bit of a pat on the back. Everybody got through it, you know. Really, they, they could. So, I might, I definitely have a different opinion of what mindfulness is compared to someone else. But I could have... I I need to work on my own mindfulness skills. And it even happens around the house. Just being... Being around the wife, the kid, you know? Not getting upset at every little thing that happens, or being mindful of my joke. I I get in trouble a lot, a lot, for joking. My joking is is uh, it's not good, man. I joke too much. I I guess I've been told this from multiple people uh, that. They can't tell when I'm joking. <laughs> I I don't I don't remember where I got this my sense of humor, but dry, sarcastic, you know, those kind of tones are comedic gold for me. To me, I should say. So it kind of carries over into my personal life. Dress my wife nuts. I know that's all I know. Oh, we're approaching that golden half an hour. I am not ready to bore you to death. For an hour. Which I could do. I could. I could lull you, you guys to sleep and myself. By talking about spiritual healing. But I, I'm super stoked to actually talk about that. Um, spiritual healing is huge for me in my own 
recovery from traumatic events and um, it's not something to be taken lightly and made fun of people that believe in it but next episode maybe we can discuss all the different variations of spiritual healing and I can give you kind of some that I like but regardless I am so glad to be back doing podcasts trying to do it on a regular um I'm, I'm listening to my show, man. Leave me a message. Like, I, I apparently, it's it's real, it's real popular for people that listeners to leave messages, and like I'll answer every single one of them. Just leave me one. It'll be fun. Um, I don't have a sponsor or anything, so uh, catch the next episode. Not sure when it'll be. So we're starting to get a little on the busy side in life, but I succeeded in making myself tired this evening. That's what I'll do. Anytime I get super, like, ADD awake, I'll just lull myself to sleep through talking. That's the best thing to do. Anyways, thank you guys so much for stopping by. I'm so blessed to have listeners. Follow me on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you again. And I will see you next week. Bye.